Hello, and welcome to the White's Chapel Sermon Podcast. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen to our weekly sermons. This is a quick way to enjoy or even revisit a recent message. All right, we are starting a new series tonight, a five-week series called Blueprint. Uh, and the idea behind the series is, is based on the season in which we find ourselves in as a church. Uh, it's a pretty significant season for White's Chapel and honestly for Methodism in general. Uh, we find ourselves in the middle of, of kind of a denominational split and churches are deciding and discerning and, and so we're taking five weeks to stop and to go back to the basics. To, to ask ourselves and think about who we are and why we exist and where we're being called to go. And so over these five weeks, we're going to be drawing from our church's motto, our mission statement, our vision statement, uh, and we're going to be focusing on what the church, what this church is called to be about. We're going to be looking at um, where we've been, some of the wonderful things that have happened here, but we're also going to be looking at where we're hoping to go. And so first, uh, we're going to be talking about our church motto tonight, which if you don't know it, it's White's Chapel where tradition meets today. It's pretty clever, but we're gonna figure out what that actually means. And uh, how do we go about actually living it out, doing it? That's what I want us to think about tonight. Uh, but first we're gonna look at our scripture. Uh, before we do though, I wanna give us uh, some background on our text. We're gonna be reading from 2 Kings tonight. Um, so first and 2 Kings tell the, the story of the long line of kings who ruled over uh, the kingdom that David had united when he uh, brought together all the tribes of Israel into one nation. And so it tells the story uh, of this long lineage of kings. And unfortunately, pretty much all of them are terrible. They're selfish, they're arrogant, they're not faithful to God. And so with all this injustice and corruption, uh, God raises up two prophets, as he often does in the Old Testament. And so in Kings, we get to meet Elijah and Elisha, which don't you so wish they had different names, because that's what's going to make this just a little tricky tonight. So I'm going to do my best to emphasize Elijah, Elisha. Uh, And Elijah, with a J, uh, was kind of like a mentor to Elisha with an SH. And our scripture for tonight is going to be their final interaction. This is the final conversation that they have. Um, but just before what we're about to read in Scripture, uh, these two are, have been traveling together, and Elijah has just parted the Jordan River so that they can cross. And he did this by taking off his mantle, which is essentially just his, his kind of cloak. So he took off his cloak, and he, he wrapped it up, and he struck the water, and the water divided. And it made a path for them. And so these two prophets, they cross the river, and then they start having this conversation. And then something amazing happens. So if you've got your Bibles, you can pull those out. Let's read what happens next. This is 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 9 through 14. Hear the word of our Lord. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me what I may do for you before I am taken from you. Elisha said, let me, please let me inherit a double share of your spirit. He responded, you have asked a hard thing. Yet if you see me as I am being taken from you, it will be granted you. If not, it will not. 
As they continued walking and talking, a chariot of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them. And Elijah ascended in a whirlwind into heaven. Elisha kept watching and crying out, Father, Father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. But when he could no longer see him, he grasped his own clothes and tore them in two pieces. And he picked up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. He took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him, struck the water and said, where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? When he had struck the water, the water was parted to one side and to the other. And Elisha went over. Okay. So uh, Elijah uh, knows that he is getting ready to depart, that his time on this earth is coming to a close. And so um, in their final conversation, he asks his, his young uh, mentee, Elisha, what he wants before he's gone. And Elisha says, you know what I want? I want a double share of your spirit. This young protege says to his mentor, you know what I want more than anything? I want twice your tenacity twice your prophetic prowess so that I can continue to do your good work. And then it says they keep walking and they're talking. And not long after that, a chariot of fire ascends from heaven. This has got to be the coolest way you can possibly go out. Uh, A chariot of fire and and horses ascend from heaven and, and Elijah gets swept up. And the only thing that he leaves behind is his mantle, this cloak. And Elisha picks it up, and he wears it, and now he is able to part the water, as Elijah just did. And so our scripture, we, we, in, in our scripture, we get this beautiful image of the mantle being passed. In fact, this story is the origin of that phrase, taking up someone's mantle. This is where that comes from. And so the torch is passed. Elijah to Elisha. And, and, and he asks for a double portion of his spirit. That's the last thing he asked for. And you know what? He gets it. Because I, I read this this week, and I thought this was one of the coolest things that, uh, that I've uh, read in a, uh, a while, which is uh, in Kings, Elijah is credited with seven miracles. But Elisha is credited with 14. So very literally, double. He doubles his mentor's miracles. And see, the story is pretty epic, pretty amazing and awe-inspiring, but, but really what's happening is it's fairly simple. It's the story of one follower of God passing on what he has, what he knows, what he's doing to the next generation. And this is something we have to pay attention to because this is our story too. We need to be a people who are willing to pass the mantle, and we need to be a people who are willing to pick up the mantle. Because ultimately, that's a big part of what we mean when we say tradition meets today. Tradition meeting today means that the history of one person, the ministry of one person or place, is passed on to the next. Uh, I saw a wonderful example of this earlier this summer. Uh, Hannah and I took a vacation in August to California, and one of the places that we visited while we were there was Pebble Beach. Uh, Now, I'm a horrible golfer. I mean, I know a lot of pastors say that, but like genuinely, I don't play because I'm that bad. 
but I like to watch golf. I'm a golf fan. And while we were in California, we wanted to take the opportunity to go see this famous golf course where uh, so many legends have won U.S. Opens. And, uh, and so we went and checked out the course of Pebble Beach. And while we were there, we got to witness one of the great traditions of this place. Uh, so I, here's a little a short clip that I took. Uh, so sorry for the quality. Piper has played along Pebble Beach coastline every day, rain or shine, uh, since 1987. This tradition began after the famous golfer Tom Watson, who actually helped design the course, uh, was quoted as saying, Spanish Bay is so much like Scotland, you can almost hear the bagpipes. And so by the time that they actually built and finished Spanish Bay and opened it in 1987, they decided that you would actually be able to do that, that you could hear the bagpipes. Uh, the creators of this course decided to marry this uh, incredible new uh, golf course that they had made with uh, the deep history of the sport. And so still today, a bagpiper performs beginning on the first tee at Spanish Bay in front of a restaurant called Sticks, which is where Hannah and I went. And they walk uh, all the way to the fire pits by the second green. It takes about 45 minutes. And... You know, we, we thought this would be like a cool thing to see, but I didn't really think all that much of it until I saw it. And then it was strangely hypnotizing. It was powerful. There was something really moving in it. It was amazing to see how in 2022 in California, they're still honoring the place that golf was invented. And in this strange little practice, I saw tradition meeting today. And look, golf looks a lot different today than it did when it was invented in 1744. Uh, but still, Pebble Beach honors where it started. And so should we. We need to honor the past and then pick up the mantle and keep doing the good work that we've watched. We need to bring our tradition to today because that's exactly what is happening in our scripture. Elijah ascends into heaven in this incredible way, but he leaves behind one thing. He leaves behind his mantle. And this mantle is so much more than just a piece of fabric. It represents his mission, his ministry. It represents what Elisha is now called to carry on. He's learned from his mentor. And now it's his job to honor the past and continue the work that Elijah had done, continue the work of God. And again, it's the same for us. We honor the past by picking up the mantle and moving it forward. And so the question for all of us tonight is what mantles are we being called to pick up? And that's what I want us to focus on for the rest of our time. Um, and I think the answer is threefold. There are three W's, uh, three mantles that we are called to pick up. And the first W is White's Chapel. Our first job is to pick up the mantle of this place. If you call this church your home, uh, then it's all of our responsibility to carry the mantle for those 150 years of Christians who've called this place home too. Because we are White's Chapel. 
And it's up to us to continue the mission and ministry that God has entrusted us with here in Northeast Tarrant County. See, wherever we go, we represent this church community in the way that we speak, in the way that we act, in the way that we love. And our job is to look at the community around us, to look at our neighborhoods and figure out how we as a church can best do ministry. How can we reach people? How can we help? How can we share Jesus with the people around us? This is one of our most fundamental missions. And I keep, uh, I keep something in my office to remind me of exactly this. Uh, when I got ordained, Todd gave me this super cool, super nerdy gift, but I love it. Uh, it's, it's this, I don't know if you can really read it, probably not, but it's the lineage of my ordination going all the way back to Jesus, which is, again, super amazing. Uh, but you can see, you probably can't see, but in the bottom right corner, it says Jesus. And Jesus raised up Paul, who raised up Timothy, and, and it goes on and on and on. And, and there are some really familiar names in there, uh, uh, names like Augustine, Anselm, Thomas Cranmer. And then you get to the top left, and that's where the Wesleyan movement begins. Uh, John Wesley ordains Thomas Coke, who ordains Francis Asbury, and then eventually... It gets to Bishop John Michael Lowry, who was ordained, and then he ordained me, and he also ordained Sterling, I believe, a lot of our pastors here. Um, And the point is, uh, I keep this in my office, and I look at this paper, uh, and I remember the promise that I made at my ordination to faithfully minister in whatever church I'm assigned. I promised to go into whatever community, whatever church I've been sent, and find ways to share Christ with the people there just like all the people on this list did over the last 2,000 years. Because all those names, they represent vastly different people who ministered in vastly different contexts. And they had different struggles and challenges, and they fought very different types of battles. And they served churches all over the world, from Europe to Texas. But wherever they were, they picked up the mantle of those who had come before them, And they carried it on. And I look at this paper and I see this long line of mantles being passed. This long line of tradition meeting today until today becomes the tradition. And it goes on and on like that. And that's our call. To minister through this church we call White's Chapel. To minister in the context in which we find ourselves through the church that we call home. To pick up the mantle of WC and keep on going. That's the first mantle that we're called to. That's our first W. The second is the mantle of Wesley. Uh, we, we pick up the mantle of White Chapel, which means that we're picking up the mantle of John Wesley, who founded the Methodist movement. This is a Methodist church, after all, if you didn't know. Uh, we're still called to continue the movement that started with him. And I believe in this theology, I really, really do, which probably seems like a really obvious thing for your United Methodist pastor to say. But it honestly, it it wasn't always obvious to me. Uh, I grew up United Methodist, but when I got to college, I had a classic crisis of faith, as many college kids do. And I started to question uh, what I believe. I started to really struggle and wrestle with all, all types of, of different questions. And, and I wondered if my faith was really mine or if it was just a product of being raised a pastor's kid. 
Uh, but luckily, I had a professor my freshman year of college, uh, Dr. Reynolds, who uh, kind of saw me wrestling and struggling, and he gave me some reading material to check out, and, and I read, and, and I talked to him, and my eyes were, were opened. And I, I started working through some of the things that I was struggling with, and from there, I started to build back. I said, okay, I know I believe in God, and I know that I believe in Jesus. I know that I'm a Christian but I don't know what kind of Christian I am. I don't know my theology. I don't know really what church I wanna be a part of, what denomination I wanna be a part of. And so I went on this big journey to find it. I turned to scripture and, and I kept reading other uh, theologians and sources and, and I felt like uh, as I read, I, I was being drawn to free will theology. So I thought, okay, yes, I've got this. And then I kept going, and I found that grace was this cornerstone of my understanding of God. And I kept learning, and I kept reading, and I thought through the sacraments, and I thought through all these aspects of faith, and, and I kept walking this path and exploring theologies and denominations, trying out different churches in my area, and, and lo and behold, I came to the incredible discovery that I was United Methodist. <laughs> uh, I went on this long journey only to find that I wanted to be a part of the denomination that raised me. And I still feel that way. I still believe in Wesleyan theology. I still believe in a theology of grace. I still believe in an open table. And I think Wesley's movement is just beginning. I really do believe that we live in a world that is hungry for what Wesleyan theology has to offer. What I love about Methodism is that we are a place, we are a tradition where tradition meets today. We have a rich history, but we're also willing to embrace new ways of worship, and new ideas and new missions. Ultimately, Methodism has always been about meeting people where they are and inviting them in. And I think a lot of people in our world need to be met where they are. And it's a big task, but you know what, y'all? It's up to us to do it. It's up to us to pick up the mantle and keep it going. We pick up the mantle of White's Chapel, and we pick up the mantle of Wesley, and lastly, our third W, we pick up the mantle of this world. Here's what I mean by this. Just before Jesus ascended into heaven, a lot like Elijah, uh, he gives us one commission, a great commission. And he says, go make disciples of all the nations. Go and make disciples of the world. See, our greatest mantle, the, the, the biggest, most significant mantle we have, it goes all the way back. It goes far past White's Chapel, and it goes far past Wesley, and it goes all the way to Jesus. Jesus taught the disciples how to evangelize, how to spread the gospel, and that tradition has to continue with us today. This is our most pressing mantle. It is the one we have to pick up. The good news of the gospel, that Jesus came and lived and died so that we might have a path to eternal life in relationship with him. And we bring that great tradition to today. We bring that historic 2,000-year-old good news to the world today. It's up to us. Because that's who we are. That's who we have to be. We have got to be a people who are willing to pick up that mantle and get to work. And then one day to pass that mantle on to our children, to our friends, 
to our church members, to whoever. And so tonight, uh, we're going to remember that, and we're really going to practice that tradition meeting today. We're going to do it through the sacrament of communion. Uh, I think I mentioned this at the top of the service, but it's actually a very special weekend. This weekend is World Communion Weekend. On the first Sunday in October, United Methodist congregations join Christian churches all over the globe in celebrating World Communion uh, Sunday or Saturday for us. Uh, World Communion Sunday began at Shadyside, Pre- Shadyside Presbyterian in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania uh, in 1933. Uh, the Reverend Hugh Thompson Kerr and his congregation wanted to demonstrate the interconnectedness of Christian churches, regardless of denomination. Uh, his purpose was to create something that would remind all of us of our mission to work together to reach the world. Uh, it, was, it was something that he, he made so that we would be reminded of the mantle that we carry. And so we're going to continue that tradition here today. And here's what I would ask. Uh, as you come forward here in just a moment, as you receive the sacrament, uh, I pray that all of us would know that when we take this bread and this juice in remembrance of our Savior, we are also taking on a sacred mantle. A mantle for this church that we call White's Chapel. A mantle for the Wesleyan movement. And a mantle for the world, for a world that needs to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's up to us to pick up the mantle. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss new releases. We'll have new podcasts coming out all the time. Be sure to check us out online at whiteschapelumc.com. Please download the WC Life app and follow us on social media to stay up to date with all things WC.